Hi, I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the Lamplighters Podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. We are grateful to be on the journey with you this year as we travel through the Psalms. Now, last week we talked about thirsting for God, which was, I thought, a great thing to be reminded of. Mm -hmm. And this week we have our well, I want to, she's very special, but she's not so uncommon anymore. Our, our guest, Meredith. I our know, good friend. Our good friend, <laughs> Meredith Weatherby. I know y'all love to hear her too. And she is going to come and talk with us about this week's lesson. So Meredith, are you ready? I'm ready. Yes. Uh, thank you, Jan and Len. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I'm definitely, I want to get into our study this week for sure, but I wanted first to share a story with you. This is literally something that happened to me two days ago. Uh, as I was in the midst of studying for this lesson <laughs> and preparing to come and chat with you all today, it seems every time uh, you ask me to come and share one of these studies with you all, God is really faithful in giving me some object lessons uh, that help me in the study. He did that a couple of times, actually, as I was studying this lesson. <laughs> well, you, Meredith, you know, we've all known when we do this is that we have to walk the lesson before we can talk about it or teach it. Yes. So God is faithful to make us do that. And yes. I can't wait to hear yeah. what happened. Yeah, well. Thankfully, it, I know it's safety and protection this week. That's our that's our lesson, and I'm mm -hmm. thankful that it was a. It was, was safety it was, and protection. It was, yes, it was a. Um, it was the safety and protection part. But um, okay, the story. Um, my daughter, my middle daughter, she's a freshman in college this year. She's at UT, so it's really close by. So a couple of days ago, we helped her move back into her dorm for the second semester. Then I came home, hadn't been home very long when my phone rang, and it was her. I figured she had forgotten something at home, mm -hmm. which she has actually, but. It was not that. She had left in her car to go and pick up some food. Yeah. And while she was just driving through the parking lot, someone came right out of their parking space into oh, her car. Oh, I know. Oh. And she was, everyone was fine. No one was injured. The guy was really nice. But this was her first fender bender, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and her car wasn't in the greatest of shape. And she was really shaken and she was teary, I could tell. And the first thing she thought to do was to call me. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what do you think I did? Well, We'll get back to it. Oh, we'll get back to it. Hey, I had an answer. I know. I, okay, <laughs> okay, fine. Later. I know what I do as a mom. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. But in the meantime, what are we diving into today? Well, I, I already hinted to it. Today we're in the subject. Uh, the lesson is safety and protection. And we have two Psalms in our lesson. The first is Psalm 4 and the second is Psalm 121. These Psalms, as you can guess, they're all about safety and protection that God provides. Mm. The first one is Psalm 4. It was written, we know, we know by David. But the circumstances around which it was written, uh, well, they're not fully known, but most commonly, it's most commonly accepted that it was written under the same circumstances as Psalm 3, which is right before it. And if you go back and you look at Psalm 3, the description above it, it's a, like a superscription. It says, a Psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. Now, okay, as an aside here, just <laughs> what is really funny is the last time I was here with y'all, it's been months. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> One of the Psalms that we were studying then, Psalm 61, was also widely accepted. It was thought to be written at the same time in David's life. Yeah. It really made me pause for a minute when I learned this because I reflected on those times in my life that caused me to cry out to God more prolifically. Uh, there, are, there are those times, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's usually when I have come to the end of myself and my resources. I don't think I can honestly say I'm grateful for those times. Right. I don't know that I can go there, but I am grateful to remember them and to yeah. remember how God was faithful through mm. them. This was definitely a time like that in David's life. He was king. He had been appointed king by God, but he was on the run. He was far from home. 
And things in his kingdom were in turmoil because his son Absalom was pursuing him to kill him and take over his throne. Mm. We've seen in this circumstance in several of our Psalms this year with his son Absalom. And it's, it's good to note that David spent a lot of his adult life on the on the run. Yeah. You know, he was God chosen's one, chosen one, but he still had a lot of problems in yeah. his life. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a real pattern. Yeah, and this ex- explanation of why this psalm was written, it, it fits if we read the psalm. You can hear it. Like in verse 2, you can hear his heart for his people. He's saying, "How long will you believe in delusions and seek false gods?" Um they're even questioning him as a ruler, and mm. he he feels sad for them. He feels this heart for them. And you can hear it in verse eight, because he says, many are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Possibly these are his subjects. They're, they're like, well, wait, who's going to be a better ruler? Who's going to bring us prosperity? He, David isn't able to rule his kingdom right now. He's not even able to be over his kingdom. He's on the run. So he, he, you can tell he feels this responsibility. He feels unable to control their, the circumstances and unable to bring about good leadership or good circumstances for his people. And mm. you, you hear that. Mm. And we can see here, he says it, that he's distressed. In the first verse, he says, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me when I call to you. Now, some translations of the Bible have worded it like this. Answer me when I call to you, O God of my righteousness. Mm. I really love this first verse and especially that translation of it for so many reasons. It sets up the rest of the psalm. You see, in Psalm 3, it's very clear that the one right before it, that David is asking for physical safety from God. He's really appealing to it. You can go read it and you hear how he's worried about these thousands that are pursuing him and surrounding him. But it's not just physical safety that David is seeking in Psalm 4. He's appealing to God to protect him from those who are trying to shame him. He even says that. They're trying to turn his glory into shame, to overthrow him. They're trying to defame him and to oppose the throne that God appointed him to. Mm. So in this particular psalm, David is asking for more than mere physical protection. He's asking basically for spiritual and emotional protection too, as well as protection for the life work that God had called him to, because they were questioning his ministry. Yes, they were. Yeah. They were questioning his leadership, his 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 right to the throne. And mm-hmm. and that's where verse one is so important because I don't know if you've ever had this in your life, but when someone is talking bad about you or they're calling into question your leadership and your competence. It's actually really easy to lose hope and start to believe that you deserve all the things they're saying about you. Uh, and in some ways, we do deserve those things. You, I mean, David didn't live a sin-free life. We know that, right? <laughs> yes, and, we do. and he didn't, but he didn't think he was righteous. Yeah. David knew that God was righteous, and he could look back on his life, and he, wouldn't, he knew, he could know that God had called him to the throne. God had called him there for a reason, and he had a heart for, for serving God and for serving his people. David had messed up so many times, but every time he returned to God for forgiveness, he knew his only hope of righteousness, of God of my righteousness. It was God. It was not him. It was not his righteousness. So all he could do was stay close to God and and cry out to him when he was in distress. Mm. And that's what this first psalm in our study is about. David was feeling attacked. He was feeling alone and he was feeling unsafe, Mm -hmm. not just physically, but unsafe. And he was losing everything in his life. And um, and those, let me point out, were not unreasonable feelings. No, he was in danger. He yeah. was, his name was in danger, his place of leadership, his family, everything. He was losing everything. But I love that there's this thread um, through this whole psalm of this certainty that David has. He feels totally helpless, but he knows, 
He knows that God isn't helpless. Mm -hmm. He knows that God is bigger than these circumstances. And he also knows he can point to the time. God, you brought me here. You can hear it in verse three. It's like he's saying to his enemies, okay, know this. God made me king and God is going to hear me and take care of me. Guys, your opposition is not going to work because you're not just rebelling against me. God appointed me here and you're rebelling against him. Mm. Do you ever have times like that in your life where you're sure that God has called you to something or that you're right with God? You you think you've heard this word for him, but everything seems to be going wrong. (laughs) No one seems to be for you. Nothing seems to be going right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you wouldn't believe how many dates and notes in the margin of my Bible are by this particular psalm. I went and looked it up. Different circumstances, of course, obviously. But I think every Christian suffers unfair opposition at some point when you're doing God's will. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wrote down, I wrote down in our study. In the margin, I wrote down Psalm 62, 7. It says, my salvation and my honor depend on God, because that's a really important verse to oh, me. I love that verse. I do too. And it, it's because it, it, it reminds us that, it, that we, we live for an audience of one, that, that sometimes when others are questioning our honor or when we feel unsafe, God is the one we look to. He's mm-hmm. the one who saves. He can turn upside down circumstances right side up again. David had so much to be afraid of, but he knew that God could bring this new grain and this new wine and prosperity for his kingdom, which he really wanted for his people. Um, he knew that, but the, he knew the only thing he could do at this moment is to be still. He says it in verse four, stay silent. He could tend to his relationship with God. He, mm-hmm. he talks about it in verse five, to offer sacrifices. And then he says, and to trust. That's mm-hmm. all I can do is to trust that God is at work. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard way to s- respond to scary circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it because mm-hmm. verse eight and this is this might just be me, but sometimes when I'm really worried about something or scared about something, I have trouble sleeping. Oh yeah, oh, it's never happened to me. I, never. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it shows that David he he really says I'm I'm able to sleep. I can lie down and sleep because you're the one that makes me dwell in safety. He he knew God had placed him there and that God would protect him. Oh, what a gift, Meredith. I think that this whole scenario is a perfect definition of faith you know, being confident in something you cannot actually see, um, but you've experienced it in the past and you know that God is there for you. Uh, and he's seen him throughout his life so far. Yeah. So why shouldn't he trust that he can be there for the rest of his life? Yeah. I mean, God doesn't change. His mm-hmm. present circumstances maybe are changing, but God is not changing. And with that, he can go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. We need to develop better memories <laughs> we of do. God's faithfulness. Sure. Yeah. I mean, because you know how I said that God had me walk through this lesson. Mm-hmm. One of them was this story with my middle daughter, but I also had kind of a story with my <laughs> older daughter. Because um, um, our, in our next Psalm, really, Psalm 121, I would say that I've had some circumstances over the last few weeks of not being able to sleep because I'm worried about something. But yeah. Psalm 121 really spoke to me. It was an example of this for me. Um, okay, so let's, we'll turn to Psalm 121. Um, I learned actually that Psalm 121 is, it's right at the beginning of a whole group of Psalms, 120 through 134. Um, they all begin with a, this superscription or this title that says a song of ascent or a song of ascents, uh, as if someone is ascending or going on a journey. As best the scholars can guess, these were all written and then collected together to be used in conjunction maybe with some sort of pilgrimage or journey, like a, maybe a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, but some sort of journey. One, one commentary said, for that reason, Psalm 121 is most commonly understood as a liturgy of blessing for one who's about to leave for a journey. 
Mm. So, and there are two parts to it. Um, they have the first part is verses one and two. It's it's almost from the point of view of the traveler. They have a question and a confession. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And then they confess where my help is coming from, the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then there's a second part, the verses three through eight, which they commonly think is like a priestly blessing. Those are those are the characters in this psalm. We have the we have the the traveler who's asking this question and the the priest who who basically offers a blessing over them. And as I was reading, they even believe in the Jewish culture that we um should maybe provide a blessing to to those that we love every day, right? Mm, but yeah. this was a particular one maybe for one going on a journey. So those are the characters in this psalm, but the subject of the whole psalm is God. The mm-hmm. the whole thing. It's God and there's a particular word, a, a Hebrew word that is used throughout this psalm. It's, it's a word, shamar. Um, and this word can be used in a noun form, and it's best translated as guard or watchman or keeper. That's the word I really loved, keeper. Or in this verb form, <clears throat> to keep, to watch, to guard, to preserve. Both are used in this psalm. In verse 3, your keeper will not slumber. It's that noun, noun form. Um, verse 4, Israel's keeper will not slumber. Verse five, the Lord is your keeper. Mm. And then in verses seven and eight, it switches over to the, to the verb form. The Lord will keep in verse seven. The Lord will keep in verse eight, both of them. Sometimes it's translated watch, but you see it all throughout. There's God's identity in this psalm is a keeper. His actions all involve to be keeping, to watch, to guard, to preserve. One resource I read described it like this. What does God promise to do? Well, God promises to keep you. God will guard you as you go on your journey of life and as you return home. As you go out and as you come in, as you face dangers of the day and the night, God will keep you. There are several references to sleep in in this psalm, and I love how it juxtaposes against the last verse of Psalm 4. David said in Psalm 4, 8, because God made him dwell in safety, he was able to lie down and sleep in peace. Mm. And then we see in Psalm 121 that our keeper, the Lord, he doesn't sleep as he watches over us. I love that juxtaposition. (laughs) He doesn't sleep so we can. He's the one who stays awake and on watch so that we can sleep in peace. I I love that vision, uh, Meredith, and that word keep really tugs at my heart. It reminds me of the keep of a castle, which is a strong tower. Mm -hmm. And that word just implies safety and protection from all sorts of things. It reminded me of when I was a new mom and I would hold my precious babies in my arms. I felt so tender and mm. so fierce oh, yeah. uh, toward them. I kept them safe from harm, comforting, rocking, you know, putting them to sleep, watching over them. And the slightest peep during the night, and I was right there mm-hmm. by their baby beds. It's a very tender, loving image to know that God is keeping us in this way, and He never nods off. Oh, yes, Jen, <laughs> you totally hit the nail on the head. God keeps us just like that. He keeps mm-hmm. our babies just like yeah. that, too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's very common for Jewish families. They'll post Psalm 121 in a oh. delivery room. They'll post it in a baby carriage. They'll post it on the wall of a child's How room. How beautiful. Yeah, from birth. It's yeah. our job to keep and watch over our kids, but really the keeping assignment is ultimately God's, mm. uh, which is the object lesson I had yes. um, <laughs> as I was uh, studying this lesson. As I was preparing to study this past week, I was in Denver all week. My oldest daughter, she just graduated from college, and she got her first, as she calls it, her first big girl job. Um, <laughs> so we were up there to help her move in all her stuff into her apartment and get set up. And um, 
I cannot even tell y'all uh, how many times the words of this psalm came to my mind as I prepared to leave her up there in Denver. Uh, she's, she's been gone at college for four years. I, I know. But something about this felt different. Sure. She's living on her own. She'll be starting a new job. She'll be driving in the snow. She'll be paying her bills and cooking her food and navigating a new city, a new, a new state, a new job, new friends, new church. Mm. Uh, so many things in these coming months. And um, it's actually a lot to keep up with. Um, and I felt the words of the second half of this psalm, this priestly blessing part coming to my mind. I actually prayed it over her mm. so many times. I even sent it to her um, because they were a tremendous comfort to me. She's not alone. It isn't her responsibility alone to be her keeper yeah. because God's up there with her. He's keeping her, guarding her, watching over her coming and going. Mm. Proving once again, Meredith, that once you're a parent, you are always a parent. Yeah. No mm-hmm. matter how old or big or independent your kids get. Uh, but there is such a peace in knowing that you have handed over some of your keeping assignment to the Lord mm-hmm. who can do a much better job than any of us, and He can get to her faster than you can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, our listeners um, don't know this, but you're tearing up as you're talking about <laughs> your daughter. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, that's just what this, that's what our children mean to us. But I have to tell you that it's this image since I've had children that has given me the most confidence in God over the years because, mm-hmm. you know, I know how much I love my children and my grandchildren. And it's the closest thing that I can describe as unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And yet I also know that God loves them more than I can, more than I ever will be able to. And if he loves them that much, yep. what am I so worried about? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So do you have some questions you want to leave us with today? Yes, I actually love this. So our pastor this past Sunday, um, he said that one of the things that can transform our lives is to ask ourselves questions rather than being exactly told what the answer is, but just to ask the question. It's so true. Um, we're going to actually do that in, at our church for the first four or five weeks of, of this year. We're going to just, he's going to ask questions that we will need to just ponder. It's really, it's so true. I love the way we, and Lamplighters, we leave our listeners with some questions to ponder. Because when we take the time to really answer them, they can be transformative. So I have two questions, and they come one from each of these psalms that we studied today, one from verse 8 of Psalm 4 and one from verse 1 of Psalm 21. So the first one, there's a lot of references to sleep in these psalms, Mm -hmm. and the fact that we can sleep in peace while God is busy watching over us. He doesn't slumber. So my question is this, what keeps you up at night, or what keeps you from sleeping in peace? Mm -hmm. Mm. Take some time, though. Answer it, right? things down. I did that. Just write down what keeps you up at night, what keeps you from sleeping in peace. And be honest. Just mm-hmm. write them down. Okay, so for the second question, you let's go back to my story earlier. Remember my story, my daughter, two yes. days ago, my middle yes. one. Not the one off in Denver, but the one that's here. It's still <laughs> in college. Fender Mender. Yes. One? She immediately okay. called me. And what was my response? I said, okay, thanks for letting me know. And I hung up. No, no you of didn't. Of course I didn't. No. <laughs> No, she was scared. She was upset. She was worried. She had called me for help. So my response, of course, once I knew she was okay, was to jump in the car and go be with her because she was upset. And secondly, I took the time to help her through it. I told her, okay, this is the information you need to ask for. These are the pictures you should take. I told her what would happen next in the process. And we even called the insurance company together once she had calmed down so that I could teach her how to deal with all the claims and the next steps. There's this verse in Matthew. It's Matthew 7, 11, and it says, If you then, 
though you are evil, you know how to good, give good gifts oh, to your yeah. children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I think mm-hmm. that sometimes when we're in trouble or we need help and we don't see a way out, we forget. We sometimes forget that God is ready to drop everything and help us. If we'll just ask for him and then look and watch for the answer, he mm-hmm. is so faithful to give those answers. Mm-hmm. So my second question is this. Where does your help come from? These two questions can actually go together. When you sit down and you list honestly the things that keep you up at night, the threats or the fears, whether they're real or perceived, that you or your loved ones face, I invite you to stare down all of those fears by simply remembering, maybe even saying these words, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I love that, uh, Meredith, because so frequently when we're in times of trouble, we turn everywhere but the Lord. Yep. And we need to remember that he really is the source of help. And he also is the source of the answer. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, yes. All of the things we throw at all of our problems, they don't even fix them. Lynn, when you were talking earlier about our kids and how yeah. he can get to them faster, not only that, he knows what they need better That's than right. we do. Exactly. And so and does a better job of providing it. He does. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so simple to just, well, it's so simple, but so hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to... Uh, round this out a little bit, and this may be kind of a bit of a stretch, but when you're talking about the priestly blessing, yeah. which was first safe passage to Jerusalem to worship or or one of the festivals or whatever it was they were using, for, what came to mind is that this, this psalm is really a parable of our whole lives. Yeah. And we need to look at it that way, that God has prepared a path for us. Uh, he blesses us on that path. He watches over us and keeps us all of our lives so that we arrive safely at His intended destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, we join other believers in times of joyful worship in the house of God. And mm-hmm. that is just a fabulous image to me. So my my question I want to leave people with for them to think about is think about your life journey and remember how God has kept you so far. Mm, I love it, it helps to develop that memory. So when we kind of are lost and we don't know what to go, we know he's going to come. Mm, yes. He'll provide the answer. Well, I'm not going to add anything because mm. if our listeners do these things that y'all have said, that's going to take up a lot of time. <laughs> if, if we do these things that we've said. Yeah, it's yeah. worth it. Worth it. <laughs> that's right. So our, our plates are full. Um, Meredith, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Until next time.